0: What we do here is go back, 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 back. You are listening to the It's Not About You podcast by Felicia Baird. This is a podcast where we talk about all things lifestyle, inspiration, business, and how people are giving back through their business all at the same time. I will be speaking with social entrepreneurs, nonprofit starters, and other amazing people making a difference around the world. Tune in as we dive deep into how they got started, their first steps, and how you can get started too. I hope you enjoy it, and let's do this. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the It's Not About You podcast today. I realize that my voice might sound a little bit wonky because I am recording this intro pretty super early in the morning. And I don't think I've spoken to anyone today yet, so you guys are the first people. So if my voice sounds wonky, now you know why. I have to say these last couple weeks have been a little bit weird in terms of vibes for me. I've had up vibes and really, really low vibes, so I hope that you guys are having a Better couple weeks. And just a reminder that it's okay to not be high vibing all the time and it's okay to sit with your emotions and figure it out. This podcast isn't really about that, but I just, I mean, who would I be if I didn't throw like a little bit of inspiration in there, right? So (laughs) I hope that resonates with you guys a little bit. I have a couple things to shout out before the podcast. I am doing my first freebie, and it's a five day. Love Yourself and Mean It Mindset Freebie. So it's kind of like a five-day mindset shift and they're tools that you can use every day, but they're five days to help you get to the best version of you and help you shift your mind. So it's my first freebie. As I'm recording this intro right now, I haven't completed it, but I'm hoping that once I release this podcast, it's out. So keep your eye out for that at by Felicia Baird at B-Y-F-E-L-I-C-I-A-B-A-I-R-D That's my Instagram or buyfeliciabaird.com. And if you don't have me on Instagram yet, add me up. I want to connect. I want to know what you guys are thinking. So today's podcast is exciting because it is two guys from Toronto that created a clothing line company that gives back. It's 10Fed. And 10Fed is a clothing-based company in Toronto. And the premise is for everyone's shirt bought, 10 starving children in the world get fed. They made the company in 2015, and it's been on the rise ever since, and it's been started by Mike and Corey, and they both left their corporate careers slash other business ventures. I think Corey had his own business, and Mike was in the corporate world, and they knew that they were called to do something bigger than themselves, and that was helping others at the same time. So they partnered with Kids Against Hunger Canada, and they are just putting an end to kids poverty as best as they can they are grinding every weekend they're working really hard and I think you're going to really love the tidbits of information that they have to offer it was a really great interview and these guys have it going on they're super down to earth they're relatable and they're just great business dudes who are spreading good vibes and they're having so much fun along the way so go check them out at www.10fed.org. just type in 10fed on google and they'll pop up I think this podcast is really going to resonate with some people, especially if you're sitting there at your job right now or you're nine to five thinking that you want to do something bigger than you. This is the podcast that you want to listen to because these guys had an idea and they ran with it and they don't sugarcoat it. It's not easy, but it's super fulfilling and they are loving every minute of it and working their butts off to make a difference in the world. And I hope that you enjoy this podcast as much as I loved interviewing them. So here is my podcast with Mike and Corey from TenFed. Enjoy. Love you guys. Bye.
1: Yeah, so TenFed uh, is our clothing brand. It's uh, something that's been almost three years in the making now. We've, uh, we launched August 2015. Uh, since that time, we've provided over 85,000 meals now. Um, and it was an idea that Corey and I came up with um we we were work I was working in the corporate world. Corey had his own landscaping company. we've been friends for a while, but we were always talking about uh doing something in business together, and uh we never really had an idea or uh the guts to go through with it and actually make a move on something. And uh long story short, we ended up going to uh, a Tony Robbins seminar in Chicago. It was called "Unleash the Power Within." We came out of that super sparked up. We uh, we wanted to start a business that that actually uh, gave back and to help other people. That was one of Tony's uh, big uh, big tasks of fulfillment was uh, actually helping other people. So that was really important to Corey and I when we were making that decision on what direction we were going to go with our business. But we came up with an idea to uh, partner with a different charity every month. The company was called Passion 12. And uh, in doing that, we realized quickly that it was a very tough business model to sustain. But uh, we were actually uh, contacting a number of different charities. And uh, we found one called Kids Against Hunger Canada. And they just, they feed, they focus mainly on feeding hungry children. So uh, they really liked what we were doing. And uh, they asked if we wanted to do a, an exclusive partnership with them. And uh, that's kind of how the idea for, for TenFed came to be. And that was, uh, like I said, that was back on in 2015. We, uh, we, we revamped and kind of rebranded. And uh, we came up with TenFed. And that was kind of the start of it. That's how it all came together.
2: I love that story. <laughs> Um, the, the uh, so were you guys always Tony Robbins fans, or did you just kind of see a seminar and went
1: to it? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. I think um, I think for me, I was uh, a Tony Robbins fan for for years. Maybe like four or five years before that happened. Um, I would read I would read quite a bit of his material. I would I would watch YouTube videos, just you know getting a uh, motivated inspired and uh you know trying to understand that other side of life and the other side of the mind for that matter um but but yeah it was really towards that it, it like the whole thing stemmed the whole passion 12 and 10 said thing it stemmed from this feeling of unfulfillment um you know like uh, for me i had me and i was doing that for seven years and uh yeah I I just didn't feel fulfilled after a few years I felt you know am I going to be the guy that cuts grass in five years like you know you might want to think about this now kind of thing so uh, having listened to so much Tony Robbins and and then going and watching him just you know was the icing on the cake but yeah had been had been following him for for years and I think that kind of was a huge uh, factor in, in the decision so then I think Corey you actually got that uh you told me to read Awaken the Giant Within that was that's my Tony Robbins yeah and nah, I think that was the first one you read too so yeah yeah we both we both read the same book and uh yeah we're we're listening to a lot of his audios and uh you know just really connecting with what he was doing and how he was inspiring people so yeah that's uh it was something that was uh we were super pumped when we were going to that seminar in Chicago. Uh, we kind of figured how to gut feel that it was going to be a, a big turning point in both of our lives. So it was a big swing point. So yeah, definitely uh, owe a lot of our, of our growth and success to that for sure.
2: Tony. Nice. Dig it. Uh, what in 2015, what did your guys' lives look like other than your careers? Like, did you have other people you had to think of too, like kids, wives, anything like that?
1: Um, and for me, uh, I was actually, so I, I had my landscaping company and I decided to sell it. I, if I can remember this right, I believe I sold it right at the end of 2014. And I, I was actually on a little trip uh, in Iceland. And I was I was by myself sitting at the edge of a waterfall, which was just absolutely insane. It was gorgeous. And um, I made the decision right then, you know, this is it. Like, this was the moment. I'm like... You know, I had time to think about what I wanted to do. So I made the decision to sell it right then. So 2015, uh, I actually was in the clear for the first few months, as then I just sold my company and I actually went back to Iceland. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just had such a great experience. I wanted to, to go back and just kind of, you know, uh, try to set my mind uh, into a different spot. And then, Mike, if I remember right, you you uh, gave your notice, but there was still a few months that you were at PD at work. There was, yeah. I uh, we we had uh, we'd started brainstorming sessions, so I would go over to Corey's place uh, after work every day for a few weeks and uh yeah we just we just started writing our ideas down and that's uh, we were very determined we were going to find something to latch on to and something to roll with and uh yeah that was kind of how it how we got the the idea for uh for passion 12 and helping helping like different charities a different cause every month and uh yeah i mean there's been uh, lots of different uh moments in my life but uh like my my dad was always an entrepreneur, so that kind of uh built that uh way of thinking into into the way I uh you know, the way I work. And uh I had numerous different jobs and I always felt that, you know, just I was just kinda going through the motions I wasn't wasn't really fulfilled at all. And uh it got to the point where I started asking myself, uh, if I'm still doing this when I'm sixty years old, am I gonna look back with regrets? And the answer was yes. So I knew I had to do something to change that, and that's uh, thankfully I had Corey uh, always, you know, talking to me about, you know, let's let's start a business, let's just do it, let's see if we can go for it, and uh, yeah, the time when you realize the timing is never going to be perfect, and uh, just to go for something, that's kind of when I realized that yeah, this is time, it's it's time to do something, uh, this could be massive, and uh, yeah, I just took the leap of faith and, and went for it. And and just to add on to that, by the way, is that, you know, you're asking what, what that 2015 was like. And I'll tell you straight up that Mike and I, you know, we went into this and didn't have a clue how difficult it would actually be. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've heard many times that, you know, it takes a few years at least to get a, a business really going. Um, but we have, in 2015, our our projections were like, okay, we're going to make, you know, 4,000 the first month, 8,000, then 12, then 20. Then we'll be living on a beach in LA. Uh, we'll, we'll have fed a million kids. Uh, it just did not work out like that. Um, you know, we, we definitely, uh, came across a ton of hurdles very early on and, um, it kind of kicked us in the ass and got us to, um, you know, up our game and it, it, got us to realize that, you know, a lot more has to be put into this than we really would have imagined. So it's, uh, you know, the term, like, you don't know what you don't know. Like we had, we just had no idea how much work there would be. So now we've gotten used to it. I mean, you know, almost three years later and um, now we, we, you know, we're out there every single weekend. We're, uh, we're working really long hours, sometimes 18, 19 hours a day and um it's it's just such a massive change from back then in 2015 when uh we, we just didn't have a clue and we we would you know start it sometimes at 10 o'clock and you know uh, have lunch at noon and then you know dodge early and, and go uh hang out a little bit that's that's just such a far cry from what it is now like now we we really push hard now and so that was a, uh, it was a, a huge transition for us, so.
2: I bet, so that's funny that you didn't know how much work was going to put into it, because I don't think anybody does. What the brainstorming sessions that you guys had, like, can you walk me through what that would look like? How did you narrow it down to, um, okay, we're going to sell t-shirts and then the t-shirts are going to feed kids. Like, how did you narrow it down to kids and t-shirts?
1: That's a great question. Um, like I said, we came out of Tony Robbins and we, we knew that uh, we wanted to give back in some way. <clears throat> um, it was a real eye-opener just that, you know, when uh, when we wake up, we've got a roof over our heads. We were waking up out of a bed. We got a meal. We got breakfast right away. It's uh, something that a lot of people take for granted. And uh, when we were thinking about what we can do, we were just thinking, like, there's so many people out there. That that could use assistance. There's so many good causes to support, which is which is kind of why we went down the path of uh, helping a different charity every month. We just our mindset was we wanted to help as many people as possible. Um, unfortunately, when when it comes to supporting uh, a charity or a cause, we found out very quickly that you don't people that are supporting charities they don't necessarily support all charities. They're very passionate about one particular charity and then they tend to donate to that charity on a regular basis so um with that being said we when we started our our like transitioning from charity to charity we felt like we were basically starting from scratch again with with our idea every month so we any, any traction that we would have gained over the previous month would just basically be the slate would be wiped clean and uh, we'd be starting all over again so Uh, the the idea was, right, like, I I still feel very passionate about the idea about helping as many people as possible, but we realized quickly that in order to make a true impact, you got to have a laser focus, and that's kind of where we started to go once we partnered with Kids Against Hunger and we started to to feel that, you know, we really need to focus on something. Let's focus on feeding as many hungry kids as we can. There's almost 15,000 uh, kids die every day and that number when we found that it was just that blows your mind that there's all this food in the world yet there's still 15,000 roughly 15,000 kids a day that are going that are actually starving to death which uh, that's a huge problem and that's not going away anytime soon so uh that's kind of where we we started to really zone in and uh Start to go down that path. But our brainstorming sessions were were all sorts of things. We we came up with all sorts of off the wall kind of ideas. And uh, but as soon as we started going down that, that path of, of uh supporting a different cause every month it's just like any idea. Once, once you have it, it just kind of starts to spiral into uh, a number of different areas. And uh, we just, you know, we explored all those different areas and we we figured we, we found a, a a business model that could actually help people, but all, also build something for ourselves and, and to make a living at the same time, which was our ultimate goal. And uh, I think at 10, but we've, we've found that we're now focused in, Uh, like I said, we've done over 85,000 meals and that's just the tip of the iceberg. We want this to be something massive where we're providing millions of meals per year and uh, really making an impact on childhood hunger.
2: That's amazing. 85,000. That's impressive. Well done guys. What is 10 fed? What's it looking like next? Like what are your goals for the future?
1: Yeah, we, I mean, what Mike was just saying, I mean, we've just kind of, bypass that 85,000 meals and for this year we definitely definitely want to and will hit uh over 100,000 meals um what what are I guess what we're trying to do now uh we're still trying to grow the brand online like we always have been uh you know we started off pushing ourselves into retail stores a couple years ago and we very quickly got ourselves into about you know, eight or nine, uh, retail stores very quickly. Uh, but then we, we sort of held back from that because it's just a whole new ball game. Um, you, cert- you really have to be prepared for, uh, the scale. Like if, if you do get into a, a big department store, then are you ready for it? You know, do you have all your ducks in order and we kind of felt like maybe we should build a little bit first. So, Uh, We've been building over the last couple years and I think now we're a little more prepared to make some big pushes to get ourselves into retail stores and, uh, and then, you know, continue to build the online. Uh, We, you know, we've been going out to a lot of trade shows and we'd like to double up uh, the, you know, like we want to bring in some more, tables and get a new tent and double up the amount of trade shows that we're doing as well, just so we're more visible. So we can be in a couple places at once. And, uh, yeah, we, that's, that's pretty much it. We really want to break into the corporate world as well and, uh, begin to, to do corporate gifts. You know, there's no, there's really no limit to where this brand can go. So those are kind of the focuses right now. Uh, I would say it's just the expansion into retail, doubling up the, the, uh, the events that we do and then putting ourselves into corporate. Those, those would be the main things that I would think of.
2: Hmm. Uh, what does your team look like? How many people do you have? And how long does it take for you to build a team?
1: <laughs> our, our main team is just still made up of basically Corey and myself. We've got one of our, uh, our friends that, uh, uh helps us out from the east coast. He's been fantastic building the brand uh for us out, out on the east side. Um but really all we have a we have an amazing team of individuals surrounding us. Uh basically how we work it is we we don't really have the the means yet to pay someone on a regular uh like a regular salary. We don't have anybody on the books. Uh we pay people mainly on like on a contract basis, uh either uh, by the job, or like we've got a guy that's helping us out with our social media, we just pay on a monthly basis. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's still uh, it's still a process. The one thing we've learned in business is you don't want to uh, bite off more than you can chew too soon. So we've been very cautious with that. We we did that kind of with our other companies. We, like Corey said, we made a lot of mistakes uh, along the way, but we're we're trying to grow this as organically and naturally as possible without. Just uh, you know, overstepping where we where we're at. We don't want to overload with inventory. We don't want to hire too many people. It's just something that we've we're treading cautiously on. But know that it has to happen eventually with uh, the growth of the brand. And something that's key for us is just finding people that are as passionate about the idea as we are. And that's really the key is uh, to find that. Uh, that passion inside people that, you know, they they, they want to make the world a better place too. So that's super important for us. And that's kind of the people that we try to surround ourselves with anyways, uh, just even outside of our business. And that's people that are, you know, just generally positive people and uh, know that we can all make a difference if we all uh, put our heads together. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a process. It definitely is a process. Well, and to, to elaborate on that just very quickly is what what Mike was saying about, you know, if you, if you do try to grow too quickly, you know, they say like 95% of businesses fail within the first three or five years, depends which source you look at. Um, I would, I would tend to believe that it would have a lot to do with trying to do too much too quick there. And even in the space that we're in, uh, we had a lot of competitors that we had looked at and dug very deeply into and, uh, you know, to date now there's, there's two or three of those that seem like they were, they were big, that they had a lot going on, uh, that they, it seemed like they were doing very well. And next thing, you know, uh, they've shut down, their business is done. And I'm not, I don't know exactly why, but, uh, I do know that we were seeing them from, from such a distance, like they had probably put a lot of money into marketing they'd probably grown their team quite a bit. And uh, that doesn't necessarily turn into sales as we found out. Um, so that that really is a, a key factor is that, you know, you don't want to push too hard. You don't want to grow too quickly. Um, you want to take little bites and see what it's like. And that to, to tie that back in with what you were saying, uh, the team, is something that we are slowly growing, and we just kind of we take a look and see what's going on, what our our main focuses and immediate needs are. Usually, something that would result in an ROI, and uh, and then we'll bring someone in for that um, small scale. And if you know if they if they're good people, if if we connect with them. And if they do a good job, of course, a great job, uh, then we'll start to, to move forward with that person. So the team's relatively small still, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I like that. So when you when you were looking at your competitors, were they ones to give back as well? Or were they just t shirt like not just T-shirt companies, but like when you looked at the main scale, do you find it a common, yeah. a common thing, just giving back?
1: Yeah, that, the ones that we were... Focusing in on were all brands that had a social give back to them. So we were looking at um, typically they were t-shirt companies that had a social give back component to it. Um, yeah, those are always the ones that stand out to us, obviously because yeah. they're doing something very similar to what we do. Mm-hmm. But at, at the same time, we will we will look at other other brands and other companies that don't necessarily have a a social component because you can still look and see what the trends are, what they're up to, um, you know, what what their marketing looks like, what their advertisements look like. Um, Because even with a a social component or not, uh, the human brain still does work kind of the same regardless. You know, visuals are key. Uh, Building a a lifestyle out of it is key. It's not, you know, because we thought at the very beginning uh, again, like being a little naive, we figured, okay, it's you know it's ten fed, and we're feeding hungry kids with every item we sell. Who wouldn't like this idea? But <laughs> <laughs> but you go out to a hundred retail stores and two of them say yes and ninety eight of them say no, and you realize that it it just really does not matter until people really really see a tight brand. And they they see who you are and they see what you're up to and they see that you're successful already. Then they want to be part of it. So it's a it really is a catch twenty two that uh, you know the only way you can be successful is if you get into a bunch of these stores. But yet they don't want you until you are successful. So um, we'll look at any brand. We'll look at any. Any company, any brand, and we'll learn from them. But at the beginning, especially when we were really digging in, it, and still today, I'd say the majority of the brands that we look at when we uh, when we're uh, comparing and trying to trying to learn from, it's companies that do give back socially. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. only more, more of those popping up nowadays. Like I think, especially large corporations, they have to have some sort of social responsibility attached into what they do uh just just for their image alone i think is it's extremely important nowadays uh but yeah we're seeing more and more companies pop up smaller companies like ourselves that uh, that do have some sort of give back component
2: yeah i think it's amazing i think um even when i started my podcast i was like i want to talk to people that are giving back um and i just feel like the next generation coming up are going to be all about that and like you said it's great for their images for companies to give back absolutely yeah. It's mm-hmm. becoming a thing. Um, sorry if my question seems so scattered, <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go all the way back to your parents. Um, I think it was Mike. You said your dad is an entrepreneur. Yeah, that,
1: right? yeah.
2: Okay, cool. Um, so when you oh, yeah. started bringing up your entrepreneurial ideas to him, um, what what did that look like for your parents to say? Yeah, no, totally quit your cushioning jobs and, and do something
1: crazy. <laughs> That that's one thing that was uh, that's always a tough sell. Uh, having a like a good corporate job, something very stable, good benefits, you know the whole, the whole the whole package. And uh, it's never an easy sell to tell someone, anyone for that matter, not just my parents, but that I'm going to leave that for something that's so uncertain. T- from having a regular paycheck and being able to pay my bills with without thinking about it to not having anything no certain income coming in that's uh it's a tough sell i mean both my parents get it now they're extremely supportive uh which is awesome and uh but yeah like people when you tell them that you're going to do something like this and that you're you're kind of uh, going on an idea just on a whim and you feel good about it they're like wow you're you're absolutely insane for trying this um so yeah, it's, it's never an easy sell but like i said yeah my dad uh he he built businesses his whole life uh he he basically taught me how to do the same when I was 12 years old he ran a flea market and I was the guy who uh like I, I set up the canteen so I made everybody sandwiches and made their coffee all day uh and then I did something similar to, to what Corey did is uh I would go up and spend the summers with my dad and he lived in a very uh like a, a cottage kind of area he lived right on a lake so uh, I would go out and hand flowers around at the beginning of the, the spring and I would do yard cleanups, grass cutting, wood splitting, you name it. But I was always hustling uh, for myself, which, which was good because that kind of instilled that in my head from a young age that, uh, you know, it is possible if, if you, you do work hard, it's uh, something that you can be successful at. So that was uh very helpful for me. And that's kind of what, why I always wanted to do something on my own. I, I knew when I, when I kind of graduated from school and I, and I went through numerous jobs that I just really had no fulfillment for, I always knew that something was coming in terms of me starting something, you know, to, to build a career on, on my own or with a partner, like in this case, of course. Um, but yeah, definitely important to, to get that kind of, thought driven into your head at a young age that you know it's, you don't have to work for someone you can actually go off on your own and, and be successful
2: amazing cory what did your parents what was
1: your upbringing like? um yeah actually i think i learned by seeing the opposite uh my parents are both very supportive i mean my parents are kind of hippie-ish and they uh they basically were like you know you do do whatever you want like If you want to do that, go ahead, do it. Like, we'll see what happens. (laughs) So my dad worked for about 25 years doing a job uh, that he definitely was not fulfilled with. And uh, I I could tell, even at a fairly young age, I could tell that he didn't necessarily love what he was doing, um, but he did it to pay the bills. And I think that wore down on him quite a bit. And not until his, his fifties or like late fifties or early sixties, did he make a transition over to his own business where he opened up his passion is music and and books. And he actually made a transition so late in life uh, to opening up a business selling old vinyl records and books and, uh, it's, it was actually fairly inspiring seeing him do that. And, you know, even after all those years and now he, he's not one to, to really think on a business level, he's doing it more as a hobby, but he does make decent money doing it. Um, but that was, that was pretty inspiring to see that happen. So, you know, I lucked out in having, Uh, you know, having my, my parents were very uh, supportive and just saying, go like, do whatever you want. Like you should be fulfilled in your life. But uh, yeah, it took me a while. I worked, I worked corporate uh, for, for many years as well before transitioning into uh, into my own property maintenance and landscaping company. So yeah, it took, it took a little while. um, But yeah, it, it was pretty nice to have that support early on
2: great good for him killing it so i guess my last kind of question would be do you guys feel like you're making an impact do you feel like you're doing some good things and are you inspiring others i know that's your mission
1: yeah that's that's part of our mission statement to inspire others not only to feed kids but to inspire others to do the same to make a a change in the world and i think our our brand uh does a good job of that it's uh it's one thing to give back. A lot of people don't know how to give back. Um, They want to get involved with some sort of cause where they're, they're helping out, but uh, you know, it's, it's not easy to find those avenues to do so. So I think our, our brand uh, provides that almost like a bridge to uh, when they buy something 10 fed, they just provided 10 meals, but it doesn't end there. Now they're wearing it and people are actually asking them about it because in most cases they haven't seen it before. So, like our our I give a FCK uh, design is one particularly that it draws people into our table uh, at, when we're out at trade shows and events, but it, it gets people talking, and that's really what we wanted to, to do with this whole thing was not only just sell merchandise and, and get ten meals uh, for every item that we sell, but it's to actually get conversation going. So now more people are aware that, you know, we are tackling childhood hunger and, and it is a, it's definitely a massive problem in the world. Uh, there's no excuse for it. There's enough food for, uh, for everybody in the world that nobody should be going hungry. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, something that we, we'd always hope to do is inspire people to, to be better versions of themselves and to actually, uh, you know, give back because like I said, we're, we're really lucky what we have. And, uh, you know, it's uh we've we've done over 85,000 meals but uh it's it's hard sometimes when you're running a company to t- kind of take a step back and uh and realize the impact that you're making because all of your decisions are just driven towards growing the business and uh you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of stuff that goes with that as you as I'm sure you know but uh yeah it's, it it feels good uh when when you do take a step back and you you look at the big picture and you think like Wow, that's that eighty-five thousand meals. That's a, that's a big deal, and uh, you sometimes need that reality check just to kind of see what you've done, see the impact you've made, and uh, know that you truly are making a difference. With uh, like when we get out of bed in the morning and we grind, it's uh, it truly is impacting other people that really need it. So it definitely feels feels amazing. Yeah, and to, to add to that, like what basically what Mike is saying too is like we really do get caught up in what we're doing. Like we, we honestly do work our asses off and we'll spend, you know, like I said, 18 hours a day and every single weekend, like from, you know, we're in uh, what we're at the end of June. So it's, you know, every single weekend in June and every single weekend until the end of September. Uh, and then even probably two or three in October. And then all of our Christmas markets start every weekend in November and December. And we're so we're booked every single weekend we do work our asses off and we get really caught up in the storm um, but there are you know there will be certain things that will happen uh where it will it will force us to step back and and admire or or just be thankful for what we've done and um it doesn't happen as often maybe as we'd like it to but yeah. it it honestly we do feel like we have made a pretty awesome impact and um we know like mike said earlier too it it does feel like it's only the tip of the iceberg there's you know we're we're only now starting to to really feel all the connections that we've made and the support that people are, are starting to pour into us and the companies that want to partner with us so i think that uh you know, the potential is absolutely through the roof with this. And we're we're thankful and excited for it.
2: Yeah, well, you guys are definitely killing it. And you guys inspire so many people. And I don't see a lot of t-shirt companies getting back. So maybe that's just something I haven't really noticed, but I think that you guys are great. Yeah, there's...
1: A, appreciate it. Yeah, there's a world out there that we didn't even know existed. A lot of people are... Trying their hand at it now to to create these companies that give back, but uh, but I, I don't think there's enough, and that's that probably sums it up. When you say that, like you don't know many of them, so I think that there needs to be more more people uh, giving it a shot, finding something that they can give back to, and um, it's uh, I think it is the the business of the future is a social enterprise, giving back. We can make money while giving money back at the same time why not include, you know, attach those together? So,
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's where the passion and I guess like the business model comes out because, I mean, for so you guys to put this much work into it, you guys are obviously super passionate and you you genuinely do want to make a change where I think it is kind of easy now um, for someone to attach getting back to their company, but like not actually be super passionate about doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yeah. think that could be where a lot of companies, Fail as well
1: i i could be wrong with this but i think that the the passion like if you actually have a passion and a full-on commitment for what you do i guess regardless of what it is um you know you won't you will not stop at anything until it's it's where you want it to be um if you don't have the passion and if you don't have the drive then you won't. Your commitment won't be there. You won't put in the the time. You won't put in the hours. Uh, it will get too difficult, you know. And and a lot of people will fade away. Uh, but you know, if uh, if so, if you can find something that you actually have a passion for, um, a charity or or a cause that you really really connect with, um, and you can build a business around that. Uh, you won't want to stop it, it won't it you won't be able to stop it won't even be an, a, a thought in your brain you'll just the only thought will be that you have to keep going for for that cause and for yourself and there will be no other answers so